Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Ashley Farron. Ashley Farron is the founder and CEO of In Good Company. In 2020, Ashley founded In Good Company as a way of bringing business to local restaurants while reimagining how individuals can enjoy great meals at home. Inspired by circular economy models and the future of food, In Good Company delivers chef-made frozen meals to customers' doors in reusable and returnable packaging. Prior to launching In Good Company, Ashley was founder of circular packaging startup KikoBox. She has over 10 years in brand strategy and business innovation experience, having worked as partner at a boutique creative agency in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on and to talk about food and sustainability today, something that I haven't discussed yet on the High Vibration Living podcast, so you're the perfect source to go to. (laughs) Well, looking forward to, to chatting about all things sustainable and food. What's better? Yeah. So what drew you into working in a space with those two topics in mind? Well, part intention, part coincidence, but um, I am definitely a food lover at heart, always have been. Um, Didn't think that food was going to intersect with my professional career. I've always loved to eat my way through life around the world or in my own kitchen. Um, but I started my career more in the space of brand building and marketing, got really excited about the world of social entrepreneurship and how to create businesses that, um, I think are powerful and successful businesses yet also affecting positive impact and kind of foundational change in the world. And 
sustainability uh, was a space that, you know, um, I got into when I was looking at um, kind of the future of businesses. And I don't think you can paint a picture for great businesses of the future without including sustainability in that conversation, right? Businesses yeah. have to be thinking differently about the future. And um, as many things go, my worlds collided. And so now I'm the founder of a startup that uh, deals with amazing food, uh, focuses on getting people great and delicious food in a super sustainable way, um, really taking it to the next level, I think, beyond what a lot of food businesses are doing. Um, personally, you know, the world of like recycling or trying to recycle or compost our way out of the problem of packaging is not a very realistic or attainable one. And I think there's a really interesting and a big opportunity to just change the way that we not only produce food, but also package and distribute and consume food. And that's what I'm thinking about a lot in the world of sustainability is, um, yeah, the production, packaging and distribution of food. Yeah. And what made me want to have this conversation with you is the way you package and distribute is very different than I've seen anybody else do. And I really like it. And so um, you're, you're onto something and I'm excited for the listeners to see it and learn about it as well. So Ashley, I'm curious about your personal definition of sustainability, because I feel like more people are hearing the word, they're more familiar with it, but they might not necessarily know what that means. And if it's applying to the home or their lifestyle or to food. So could you share with me what your definition is? I mean, I think as you just pointed out, there's no one definition of sustainability, right? There's all different lenses for, you know, how do we think about sustainability for maybe the small actions we take in our daily life or the businesses that we support, or how do we think about sustainability all the way to, you know, to the big level of like what governments and cities and things are doing. Um, but for me, and, and as I think about sustainability for the lens of in good company, especially, um, you know, we are looking at how do we build systems that can produce, distribute, and allow consumers to enjoy products that are ultimately kind of creating a net positive impact for the world. And so when we think about sustainability, I think about environmental impact. Mm -hmm. So what is, you know, the, um, say the products that we're consuming or producing, right? What is the environmental impact? I also think sustainability has a lens for what is the social impact of the products, right? How are products creating um, positive impact for the producers or the communities and kind of like the social impact of it, right? And sustainability, I also believe is part of, you know, from a business lens, sustainable companies have to also be building a business that can endure over time, right? And so we do have, um, you know, sustainability is not about something different than business. I think great businesses that are focused on sustainability have to look at, you know, the environmental lens, the social impact lens, and also building a sustainable business. Um, those three pieces together is what I think about for sustainability within good company. Yeah, it's interesting being a business owner at this time because you can't just think of the product or the business that you're going to be running on a day-to-day -day basis. You have to think about the future as you're thinking about 
um, the startup and the beginning and actually seeing if it's something viable that you can keep doing year in, year out um, that isn't doing any harm to any person or the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just probably a different way of looking at business than maybe, you know, our parents or our grandparents um, had to. It's just an interesting time. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of what is so cool right now with businesses, and it's definitely not all businesses, but we see some really cool and innovative brands and businesses, ones that I, you know, look at and admire who kind of take those principles and are finding ways of just really redefining entire business models. So people may not be familiar with this, but when you read my bio, right, circular packaging or the world of circular economy, yeah. what does that actually mean? And for us, that is actually, I probably should have mentioned that as part of my definition of sustainability, but I'm really inspired by this world of circularity. And that means, you know, a lot of our um, kind of old school products and businesses are built on a linear path. You make something, you consume something, you dispose of something, and it's linear. You go through those stages and you keep repeating that process. But in that world, you need fresh inputs at the beginning, mm -hmm. right? And at the end, you end up with waste. And the as you continue that process, you keep needing fresh inputs and you keep ending up with like a waste product at the end. Circularity takes it and literally instead draws a circle instead of a single line. And it says, hey, how do we create a system? And a lot of it is inspired by nature, right? How do we have a cycle of, you know, having inputs that create a product that at the end feed back into the system and it's regenerative in a way. And, um, you know, circular packaging, um, kind of looks at like, how do, you know, how do we do that? Well, we're not inventing the world of circularity. There are some really cool companies that, you know, thinking about not just how do we create impact today, but as you said, how do we create businesses that can continue over time and create longstanding companies? Um, this idea of circular economy has required entirely new business models. And um, there's such cool innovators in the space that are thinking about, you know, like with, um, with, uh, sustainable household products. I love, you know, blue land. Um, they reinvented like a category of household products and how do we, you know, teach people to refill a bottle, right? That's one world. It's not necessarily circular, but there's this refill model that helps cut down on waste, um, or businesses. Like I always reference, uh, rent the runway, right? Most people think of it as, Hey, it's really cool. I can, you know, rent wedding dresses without having to buy them, but they actually created an entirely new model in a space of like fast fashion, where instead of having to go and buy a brand new created product and buy it cheaply, use it once or twice for a wedding, probably throw it out or donate it. Instead, we can have this cycle of renting and returning. And when you receive the Rent the Runway clothes, they come in a reusable actual garment bag, and then you ship them back. And fundamentally, they saw an opportunity to say, hey, we don't need to just pump money into producing crappy clothes. We can instead share and borrow them around all different consumers and kind of make that loop a ton of times. 
where return, where return, where return, and not create all this waste in the process. And they, you know, they found their business changed a little bit during COVID when we stopped having weddings, but like in general, it's just a really cool model. And it's a company that shows, Hey, you can create entirely new revenue opportunities or business opportunities when we start to think differently about what that cycle or what that journey looks like. Were there a few different companies in the food scene that you saw that is what sparked the concept for In Good Company or was it something else that sparked that for you? For me, it was honestly really looking in the world of fashion. Um, so there's been a ton of innovation in the fashion space around circularity, uh, thinking about textile production and recycling and kind of re-inputting textiles back into the, um, you know, supply chain. There's been innovators like Rent the Runway. Um, so I got really excited about the world of circularity when I was running my design agency and we had a sustainable fashion brand come to us as a client and, you know, as branding and like brand strategy experts, you go out and you start doing a lot of research. And I started researching this whole world, especially in Europe of kind of the world of fashion that they were playing in. And I started thinking about these companies and thinking, yeah, this is like, this is really cool. Um, separate from that, as we talked about in the beginning, I love food. I love to eat. I love to eat my way around the world. Um, and I was living in a time where we also saw other shareable economy models, right? The rise of like Uber and Lyft or sharing scooters or uh, Airbnb and this concept of like sharing versus producing, right? And this hybrid of like circularity plus shareable. Um, at the time, you know, I was also just individually, right? Going out, eating my way through the world and noticing how many times you get a great product and 10 minutes later, you put something in the trash can, right? Like, oh, I want my awesome coffee. Oh, I want my awesome salad. Oh, I want my awesome meal, right? You're on the go, you're living fast. And so there was just kind of one of those moments where I started thinking, hey, this is a little silly right? Like why do I need to use a disposable coffee cup for 10 minutes, mm -hmm. throw it out, right? I really wanted that coffee. Sure. But do I need to then dispose of this coffee cup? And, um, in the world of food, like convenience is such a challenge. I try and carry my water bottle everywhere, but can I carry my water bottle and my fork and my salad bowl and my coffee cup, like all on my person so that anytime I need a meal while I'm out, I have it on me. You know, it's not very realistic for most people, myself included. And so that's where this idea. I mentioned that. <laughs> that's where. <laughs> no, because I'm just like you. I always have a real fork on me. I always have a water bottle, but I look like the bag lady with all the stuff. Yeah. So you're completely right. We try, but. And how do we make, yeah. How do we make it easier? Right. And that's what great products have to do is we have to look at like the, the realistic constraints of the world. And I, as a consumer, I'm not at all times going to have all of those options of my own product to carry. And so, um, yeah, the, the kind of Precursor to In Good Company was focused on all circular packaging. We were basically trying to create a shareable model for um, takeout and to go like food packaging so that you could borrow a coffee cup 
borrow a salad bowl, enjoy your, you know, salad from sweet green or your, you know, salad bar from whole foods or whatever it is, your coffee at a coffee shop, borrow that piece of packaging, be able to conveniently drop it off, have it washed, reused, and, um, kind of then used again by another customer. And that was really inspired by this. Yeah. Looking out, seeing other businesses like, I said, the Ubers and Lyfts to the fashion brands and saying, hey, they're finding incredible opportunity, consumer demand, financial opportunity, building great and interesting and game-changing businesses. And here is a category that I personally am just totally invested in, right? As an individual, as a consumer, I feel like I live and breathe it. And I see an ability to take these other types of thinking and apply that to food. And really no one is doing it. Why? Um, yes, it's complicated and food is challenging, really complicated, really challenging. Um, but that's kind of how I got started on this path. Well, that was a great way of thinking. And I don't think you're alone. You know, I'm the same way where when I go and get a cup of coffee, I hate when I can't get it in a cup for here. You know, a lot of places don't even offer that anymore. Um, so if you don't bring your own cup, you're stuck taking the takeout cup. And for one, the coffee doesn't taste as good when it's not in a real cup Two, you know, we know that there's wax and stuff on the cup that is getting into the coffee that we then consume that, you know, it's not going to affect our health now, but we don't know how it's going to affect our health in the future. And then three, you know, we're just using a cup for 10 minutes and then throwing it in the trash. So there's a lot of reason to find more sustainable ways to consume our food when we're out and about in our life or ordering for delivery. Yeah. Ordering for delivery. Right. I mean, we all went through COVID, which is when in good company was born, but I think now more than ever, we're anyone who orders delivery is especially attuned to the mountain of trash that can quickly pile up in your household trash can <laughs> related to food packaging. You know, um, you order one meal of takeout for two people and you probably end up with like no less than six to eight pieces of, you know, disposable product. You have a bag, you have, you know, a container for each person. You probably have like a side dish container, a sauce container. Maybe they accidentally threw utensils in there. And before you know it, you're like, wow, that, that meal for two, like half my trash can is full. <laughs> so for people that are listening and they haven't gone on to eat in good companies website or your Instagram, can you describe again, what in good company is and what you guys do? Yeah, sure. So I think there's two parts of, of what we do. Um, one is we just make amazing, great food, you know, uh, with local chefs and restaurants. Uh, so each one of our containers is filled with a signature dish from kind of hot local chefs around currently Southern California. Um, but as it relates to this conversation and what makes it super distinct is each meal is packaged in a reusable and returnable container. Um, our containers are all stainless steel and we use no plastic throughout our entire process. Um, meals are delivered to customers in these containers. It's great, right? It's reusable, returnable. Metal is infinitely recyclable. Um, so that is very different than like paper or cardboard that never actually gets recycled, even at the end of its life. Um, but our containers are 
cool also not just from a sustainability perspective. You said when you get a coffee, you know, you're buying the $7 premium latte right now. It's going into a paper cup. The experience just isn't the same. What's really cool too about our packaging is, um, you know, we're working with chefs to create amazing food and we're actually packaging it in a container that does that food justice. So, you know, if it's a beautiful lasagna, you can take that lasagna, put it right into the oven. It's in a presentable metal container that actually feels like you're going to sit down for a real meal and not just eat out of a piece of soggy cardboard. Um, Our customers get to enjoy great meals at home. Uh, Our dishes come with kind of ideas or suggestions for how you can turn it into even a little bit of a fun, easy dinner party at home. Maybe you want to pop a bottle of wine or make a side salad to go with that entree. So it's a little bit cooking, definitely designed for, you know, foodies who don't mind, you know, maybe taking 10, 15 minutes to like spice up the night in the kitchen. And then when you're done eating, you just, uh, rinse out the containers, set them aside and schedule a pickup. Uh, most people return their containers when they get their next delivery. So it really is completing that loop, this full cycle. Think of the old milkman model of the past. Maybe we bring you five meals, you eat and enjoy them. You give us back the containers when we bring you five new ones. That is the most beautiful way to enjoy in good company. And um, then we take those containers back into a facility where they're washed, sanitized, and then refilled with the next chef's amazing food. And so, you know, when we look at kind of the impact that we're having, it goes far beyond just keeping waste out of the trash can. Um, you know, ultimately we are also, we really believe in the power of local food hubs and production, right? And so in Southern California, we are working with um, local restaurants, local chefs, which is not also creating jobs locally. We're able to source ingredients locally. Um, Food is being driven a lot fewer miles um, from being produced in Southern California to be delivered in Southern California. And then that packaging is picked up and brought right back to our Southern California, you know, hub to be filled again and distributed again. And when you compare that to the linear world of like buying a traditional food product, you have packaging that's probably, you know, resources are extracted one place, disposable packaging, you know, produced in China, disposable packaging shipped across the country. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it, if I compare it to something like a traditional meal kit, like a Blue Apron or a HelloFresh, right? Food is being produced in the central facility in the middle of the country and then shipped or trucked across the entire country, right? Food is then being consumed and trash is being thrown away. Trash then is trucked to one location and then probably shipped back across the world to China. You know, it's like insane. The number of miles simply that are driven in our traditional, like more commercialized food system. And so when we think about that circularity model and the sustainability and the impact, it's not just on the displacement of disposable packaging for reusable packaging, but it is the ability to create this new, more holistic and localized food system that is comprehensive of how we're producing food, how we're packaging it, distributing it, and then completing the cycle and getting, you know, being able to repeat it again and again. Um, you know, 
it's probably not something that, you know, every customer is thinking about or, and, you know, hopefully you're just buying the food and enjoying it. But on the back end, there's a ton of intention as to why we're making all of these choices, why we don't do nationwide shipping. I would love right now, you know, in or in from the lens of like growing the business, if I could just turn on nationwide shipping and be like, Hey, we're just going to ship our products all across the country. But that model does not is not in line with this circular concept of like localization and what we need to do that. We're not going to ship containers across the country full of food and then ship packaging back to send, you know, those models, they just don't work. And so we're growing a little bit, you know, more slowly, right? We're not taking the fastest track here, but we're laying the foundation to show how this model can truly work in food and Bev. I love learning about it. And I hope everyone that's listening is enjoying learning about it too. It's very much what drove me to go to culinary school. I wanted to learn more about the restaurant process. I'm someone like you that loves to go out to eat, loves to travel, loves to try new food, but I wanted to know more about what was going on in the back of the kitchen and how that food was actually getting to my plate. And I really cared about the quality of the food that was on my plate and the preparation process as well, because it's not just the quality of the ingredients, it's the process of preparing it that also decides whether or not it's a health supportive meal or a processed meal. And so I love your business concept because it takes it further. It takes the customer further and understanding really how their food gets to their plate and then what happens afterwards. Um, it's a really interesting new way for more people to, to look at it. Um, and then also what an incredible way to get exposed to new chefs and new restaurants, or finally get to taste the restaurants and the chefs that you've been following and looking into. Yeah, it's been really fun. So we launched a small, as a small pilot in the very end of 2020. So really we've been at this for about two years, but we've kind of released I want to say now it's just over 50 different dishes, which is a pretty incredible number of also worked with 50 different chefs and restaurants um, and, you know, food all the way from north of LA, the Koyama Valley down, you know, throughout San Diego and been able to, you know, maybe you live in East LA. Now you can try right from home, amazing dishes from chefs in San Diego or Venice or, you know, all around. And because, you know, we are delivering all of our food frozen, which some people get a little hesitant about to start, you know, but I always tell people the freezer is, you know, nature's natural preservative, right? It is an incredible vehicle or kind of opportunity that commercialized frozen food is garbage for the most part, right? Yes. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that frozen food is bad. It's just commercialized white bread is garbage, but that doesn't mean good bread is bad, right? <laughs> like, Absolutely. Um, That's a perfect way to put it. It's, it is how, you know, what the base ingredients are and how you're using the freezer. Um, but because we are delivering food frozen, that allows us to kind of get food to your table, regardless of where you are while preserving the quality and integrity of the dish a hundred percent. 
right? If we were to be doing, you know, fresh prepared or on demand, like Uber eats, you know, there's no way we can get a beautiful uh, beef stew from a Michelin starred chef in San Diego to your table in, I live in Northeast Los Angeles, you know, without it getting messed up. Um, if it was like fresh prepared, because it's going to be traveling and moving around and it's going to probably get cold on the way if we're driving two hours in the car or whatever it is, you know, but with uh, delivering our meals also frozen, it allows us to, you know, when you heat that dish up and pull it out of the oven or take it off the stovetop and put it on your table, it's going to go from, you know, being cooked to on your table in five minutes. You're going to have all the wonderful aromas of it baking in your oven, and you're going to get to set it on the table and really enjoy, you know, the quality of food that does justice to the um, chefs and restaurants that we work with and get to eat your way around the city and try out new things, which is honestly my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> well, you've gotten to release, you know, 50 dishes from different re uh, restaurants and chefs. So I'm sure it's hard to decide particular dishes that you loved more than others, but. Oh, you can't ask this question. I won't, I won't, <laughs> but, I, but I'd love to ask. <laughs> That was good. What I'd love to know, and I'm sure the listeners would, would too, is tell me about some of the dishes that you guys have released. Like, I want to hear about like all the different variety of dishes that you guys have packed up and delivered. So can you tell me more of what those have been? Yeah. Think of Inca Company as just a way to explore awesome food. And it will range everywhere from, we have honestly worked with, you know, a tiny pop-up in East LA that was featured on the New York times all the way through to, you know, working with Michelin star chefs and the food, uh, varies. So, you know, we've done like Oaxacan chicken mole with Gila Gatsa. Mm -hmm. We've done, um, a Jamaican oxtail stew with Bridgetown roti. We've also done a classic, you know, handmade semolina pasta lasagna, or we've done Moroccan chicken stew. So the dishes definitely tend to be on that exploratory kind of foodie lens. Definitely, we have some classic comfort dishes. We have some more healthful dishes. Hopefully on this podcast, we'll talk about your upcoming dish, which I'm really excited about. Um, we'll, you know, so we have the whole range from adventurous to more classic comfort dishes and, you know, how we release dishes uh, currently is we put nine, we release nine dishes at a time. They're all limited release. And so it's hyper curated, which means when you come and you see that menu of dishes that drop, you know, all nine of those are really kind of picked with intention. And so we're not asking you to like scan through a menu of a hundred or a thousand different options. And you're not really sure like which ones are great and which are coming from where if you, I can't even handle going to like Uber eats now. Cause I'm like, what is this world of food and what is actually good? And what is real? I don't know. Um, but this is like nine places that are pretty much on say my list of places that I want to eat across the city. And that is, I guess, kind of how we pick a lot of the dishes. I go out and try and talk to restaurants and eat my way through my own city list. As I said, I love to explore the city through food and we're trying to just bring, um, I hate this word, but I'll still use it, right? Like the authenticity of the food culture and food scene of where we are to dinner yeah. at home. Um, and so we work with 
all different, you know, types of restaurants, chefs, people that are doing cool and unique and innovative things with food. And we partner up with them, create these awesome dishes, and then get them delivered at home. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini Mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. So for people that haven't gone on to your website before and ordered, um, hopefully they'll do so this January and treat themselves to some delicious food and some health supportive food. Um, how do they get alerted of the drop and how do they go online and order? Yeah. So pretty simple, you know, email text message, I guess that's the way we tend to get in touch with people. So people can go online. You just sign up. Um, when we release new dishes, you get notified of, um, the new dishes being released. It's always good to act fast because like I said, they are limited release and a lot of dishes uh, sell out pretty quick. Uh, so we'll drop, you know, we drop new dishes and you get notified of that. Um, and then, also fun to follow us on social because we share a lot of content about new dishes, but then also because our dishes are, you know, being made with our, you know, different, all different chefs and restaurants, we're also kind of working with them to help inspire or like visualize how to turn that meal into an incredible dinner at home. So we'll share like, you know, uh, videos of making a side dish to go with something or how to make cocktails or setting your dinner table. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's fun to, to be part of that. And we try and do a lot of that on social with all of our different restaurant partners. Well, your branding is fantastic. Um, it's, I absolutely love it. And for anyone listening, definitely go to their website, um, eatigc.com or their social media and check out the containers that the food comes in that will definitely encourage you to order um, beyond just what you've just heard Ashley describe some of the dishes. Um, they're, they're fantastic. Um, and they really are great for reheating food. And, um, and I enjoyed actually eating out of the containers as well, you know, just in those moments where you just don't want to transfer it to a plate. It works perfectly. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, our dishes, um, they're all designed to serve at least two people. So some dishes, you know, serve two or two to three, we indicate the serving size on them. Um, but I think there's also our name, right? In good company, the idea behind this and a lot of what we hope our product or service can help people do is find those few minutes to sit down and really enjoy a meal. They're designed to share. It's not a single serving dish. 
Um, if you are, you know, single and you want to enjoy them on your own, no problem, but, you know, also find a, you know, have a friend over or sit down. Um, they're easy, they're accessible, they're approachable, but they're different than just, you know, having like a single serving meal where you're going to sit down, you're going to eat it quickly and, um, you know, just kind of go on. We hope that our meals give people an easy way to sit down and take a few to enjoy sitting at a dinner table, having a conversation, enjoying the company that you're with, um, learning a little bit about the story of the chef or the backstory of the dish, um, trying something new trying a new flavor or a new type of dish, or really getting to enjoy something that you love that is made by, you know, a top quality chef at home and having a little fun by making the paired recipe that they release with it. Whatever it means for you to like, take a little bit of time away from the rest of your day and create a moment to sit down at the table, um, I think that's what, that's what we hope is also a little bit different about how we design our dishes and how we think about the in good company experience is it is meant to be enjoyed, you know, in good company, whether that's the company of yourself or with other people and have intention behind those meals. And I think that's part of like healthfulness with food, right? It's not healthfulness is part ingredient, but it's also the mentality of, you know, just how we embrace things in our life. And Maybe some of our dishes are a little bit more splurge. Yes, you know, they're not always, some of them are more healthful. Some of them are more indulgent, but that can be part of healthfulness if you sit down with intention and, you know, you are focusing on the company that you're with or mental health or whatever it is. Um, I think, yeah, we, we hope that our, our meals are enjoyed in that way. I completely agree with you. When you enjoy a meal with another person, it forces you to slow down and eat your food more mindfully um, and enjoy it. Um, And you walk away from that meal feeling so much better. Or in turn, if you are by yourself and you're able to take the time to sit at the table, turn on some music, like really enjoy your meal. um, You feel so much better afterwards, no matter really what you ate. Yes, absolutely. Well, can you tell us about your January drop? Oh, yeah. So um, we are on sale um, with an awesome lineup of dishes starting January 17th of this year. And um, we have nine dishes as usual. Uh, One, of course, that I'm super excited about. We should talk about that one. Yeah, nobody knows yet. (laughs) We're releasing it officially today. Oh, yes. Um, so the, there'll be nine different dishes. And for one of them, we thought it would be really exciting to, you know, kick off January with a dish that, you know, was also intentionally kind of focused on the, you know, health and wellness of the dish. I don't know, maybe you can tell people a little bit about what we've created. Yeah. So we are getting to share my absolute favorite Ayurvedic kitchery dish with in good company. So more people can enjoy this healing, nourishing meal at home. So I'm so excited. It's an incredible lentil and rice dish filled with collard greens, carrots, and cauliflower. The spices are incredible and the dishes are topped with either the Starseed Kitchen roasted carrots with 11 magic herbs and spices or salmon done with the 11 magic herbs and spices. And 
it's really, really delicious. I absolutely love it. Um, I love the touch of the collard greens. It's the perfect winter version of kitchery. And I'm really excited for people to try it in January. It's the perfect time of year too. Yeah. I'm so excited. I actually hadn't, you know, I didn't know what kitchery was before we started chatting about ideas, you know, like all dishes, part of the development process. And what I love is learning about new dishes and new techniques. And I didn't know the history of like, you know, kitchery being uh, a food that is really designed to be almost like a, right. Like a complete meal full of all the different nutrients that you need, that it can be um, eaten for general, you know, health and wellness, and maybe even over a period of a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved the idea of bringing that forward for January, you know, whether it is part of kicking off the new year, which I know a lot of people do, or just in general, you know, incorporating those little moments right into the new year with intention of, um, having the healthful food. I'm yeah, really excited about this one. And it's, it's one of the dishes that, um, you know, is super easy. I think to make at home, you don't actually have to make anything to go with it. Uh, you know, some of our dishes, like maybe the oxtail stew I mentioned before, you really do want to like make some rice or something to go with it. But this one is amazing because it is a complete meal just in and of itself. So uh, yeah, I'll be heating it up, putting it on the plate. What, what, what do we do? Maybe garnish it with some cilantro and a squeeze of lemon or lime or something, maybe some nuts on top. I can do that. That's no problem. Yeah, that's perfect. I love adding fresh cilantro on top. Um, some radishes as well as nice if you had those at home. Um, and then one of my clients loves for me to make a little cilantro chutney. So mm. I just take equal amounts of chopped cilantro, some golden raisins, some coconut flakes, squeeze that with some lime and they put it on top of their kitchery and they just love it. So great. Yeah. It's like a quick little homemade chutney. Um, but what I love about kitchery and, and, um, it's, you know, in, in plant-based or vegetarian cooking, they, if you look at like healthy cookbooks from like the sixties and the seventies, they always talk about vegetarians needing to have beans and rice or lentils and rice together. And that creates the complete meal because when you have them together, you get all your amino acids, which is the same thing that happens when you just eat a piece of meat, all the amino acids are, are in the meat. Um, so that really lends to this being a one pot meal. And also it's full of digestive spices. So if you're looking to do something good for your gut this January, um, getting, uh, getting a few containers of kitchery are, are great. Love it. And because it comes frozen, right. That's also the fun part. People can, um, you know, buy a couple of them or, you know, choose the kitchery alongside some of the other dishes. We have some, um, you know, some, when you go online and you see the menu, you'll, you can see the kind of range, but we have, um, Let's see what else is on the menu for January. We have uh, the new dishes that are coming on. We have a really fun uh, guava and cheese traditional Cuban pastry. 
Um, and so those are different. You just, they come frozen. They're not baked yet. So you just pull them out of the box, put them on a cookie sheet and bake them in the oven for, I think it's like 15 minutes or so check the cooking instructions on that one. Um, and they like puff up and they're golden Brown. That's been a fun one, uh, working with a super small, uh, female baker in San Diego. They're like her Cuban, she's a Cuban bakery and they're a specialty there. They're super unique and really delicious. Um, and then we're also doing a, uh, Italian, Northern Italian beef stew. Mm. Um, that's actually with a Michelin starred chef out of Italy. They have a partnership, um, locally in San Diego. So that'll be fun. Uh, we're doing a barbecue box again. And then we also have some other great vegetarian dishes, um, a, like a bean chili using heirloom Rancho Gordo beans. That's up from our partner in Coyama Valley. Yeah. Yeah. So many options go yeah. check out the menu. You guys do such a great job at curating an elevated menu too. Like that's what is very interesting. Um, it's very inspiring. And um, I like the idea of not just getting to try new things, but getting to think about new ingredients that maybe I haven't consumed in a while or cooked with um, and introduces you them. So then you can go into your kitchen and, and try it for yourself. Um, you're a great curator. You have great taste in food. It's really impressive. <laughs> oh, thanks. Mostly I just love to eat. Um, and yeah, I, I think for a lot of our dishes, you know, as I said, we do do some very classic comfort ones, but even the ones that are comforting, like, you know, a classic beef stew, you know, I think what people love about our dishes is they do tend to be those items that you're not going to make yourself at home, you yeah. know, like, we allow the chefs to do what they're great at, you know, get the 20 different ingredients, take the eight hours to braise the meat or sous vide the salmon, or, you know, make the perfect herb blends, the mole paste, whatever it is. Right. And so, um, that's part of giving people the, the easy suggestions for the side dishes or something. We're not always trying to deliver you a hundred percent of the meal. I think that at home, most people can make a salad or, you know, make the side dish, but they can trust that the chef is really doing that intentional, you know, the, the like difficult yes. part, I'm not going to make a mole at home myself probably. Yes. Um, so in the curation, we look for that too. You know, what are the dishes that people love, they want to enjoy, but probably are going to be out of the wheelhouse of, you know, most home cooks or also something you can't, you know, boil down and rush to turn into like a simple 30, you know, 30 minute weeknight dinner. You can't recreate a mole in 30 minutes. You can't recreate a authentic Thai curry in 30 minutes. And so that's where, you know, I think the curation and picking the right dishes is as really, really shines for us as we can let chefs do that um, special part and then just allow you to build a dinner with it at home. Well, do you have, or are you always kind of curating your restaurant list of places that you want to try in LA County or San Diego County and beyond? Of course. <laughs> I know I need access to this list. I mean, this might need to be added somewhere on your website, like, you know, Ashley's curated restaurant. 
guide to Los Angeles or San Diego <laughs> and beyond. That's the really tough part of my job, you know, going out and eating at all these restaurants. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is an ever growing list. Um, I also have an amazing team of other, you know, the rest of the Inga company team, I would say we're all pretty much universal foodies. So that's cool. We do a lot of brainstorms, you know, thinking about what do we want? Uh, but the other part that has been amazing, um, to see is the, the kind of participation of the restaurant partners that we work with. So, you know, our menu is always changing. We drop nine at a time, which means we're kind of like always cycling mm -hmm. and, We've designed, we haven't talked about this on, on this podcast. We probably won't go into that at this point, but I will mention like we've really designed in good company to be a service that is truly a value add for our restaurant partners. Mm -hmm. um, I think small businesses, small independently owned restaurants are going through a transformative time where they have to have new opportunities coming to the table that are actually ways that help them succeed as a business that are profitable, that are not just draining them of time and resources. And so on the back end, everything we've designed about in good company is meant to be good business for them. And I think it's shown that, um, it is both, you know, maybe from a financial perspective, but also just from brand building. And we love to help them tell their story and get their food on tables across an expanded region and connect with new customers and all of those things. And so we have a lot of restaurants that now are kind of passing us down the line, you know, oh, you got to go talk to my friend at this restaurant or like, okay, oh, have you, you know, do you want any recommendations to other chefs? And I'm so appreciative of that, but that makes the curation process really, um, you know, easy and fun too, because we have, you know, one chef then passes us to another. And uh, of course I love following great chef's recommendations. So <laughs> that's good absolutely too. well way to blend your, your personal loves and passions with your career. Um, so, I mean, well done. <laughs> Thanks. Good food, sustainability connections with chefs and, and restaurants. You'll, you know, you'll never, you'll never go hungry. I know though, being the, the founder of a company, anyone who's lived through startup life knows that as much as I love to cook, I now probably feed myself almost 90% exclusively on frozen meals. <laughs> <laughs> Helpful that I have a pipeline to very excellent frozen meals, but yes. like <laughs> my poor husband is like, okay, another night <laughs> of IGC meals, but we thoroughly test and enjoy them also. I know. I love that. Well, so for everyone that's listened, can you remind them again where they can sign up for the drop and where they can start ordering their meals for January? Yeah. So our website is eatigc.com. That's like eat in good company. Um, so eigc.com. That's also our Instagram handle, just at eigc. And you can go on our website, sign up for emails, sign up for text messages. Uh, we try not to spam you too much, but you know we got to let you know when those good dishes drop. And uh, then that's a. You can also follow us on social. You'll see when we're you know releasing new dishes, fun chef and food content, and you know, pick your cadence. We're not a subscription-based business. So you're not signing up for something that you're going to get week over week. 
Uh, our meals are delivered frozen. So on average, you know, people are usually picking maybe five, six different entrees um, or dishes. They get delivered to your door. They're probably not going to be the meal you eat every night, but maybe they're a one night a week kind of special thing. And, you know, then when you're done, you request a pickup of containers or you order again, which is the best way to do it. And when you receive your new delivery, you'll just return your containers and hopefully you keep the cycle going. So yeah, January 17th, which is when the dishes for this month drop, go on there, check out the menu, pick your favorites, give it a try and uh, yeah, enjoy. If people listening after today, they want to learn more about sustainability, especially like in the restaurant and the food space or circular economy models, is there a space that you, or a website or someone or something that you recommend that they check out if they just want to keep learning more? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, there's so many different sources uh, of information. It's hard to, you know, hard to kind of narrow that down. I'm trying to think of some of my go-to. Um, of course, I can't even think of the name right now. There's a great group in the circular space I don't know if I can remember. I'd have to, I'd have to pull up my list here. If it comes to you later, we can put it in the show notes. No problem. Okay. Cool. And then any place you recommend people go, if they want to start learning about, you know, new restaurants in their area or in LA or San Diego, um, are there any reviews or sites that you go to, to inspire you to try new places? Yeah. You know, there's always the, the kind of go-tos my, my process of going out and finding places is like this weird rabbit hole process of Instagram, Google, uh, you know, sometimes eater and infatuation places, and then just talking to people. I honestly, you know, my favorite is to sit at the bar of a restaurant, have a conversation, uh, see, you know, talk to other people at the bar or at the bartender and get recommendations for other places. I don't know. I, I tend to get a lot of insights just by talking to people for folks in LA. There's an awesome app slash newsletter that I highly recommend. It's called camper or camber app. The founder of it is amazing. And, um, I think we share a very similar love for like exploration of food. That's mostly LA or exclusively LA. So, um, less for, for San Diego, but if you sign up for her newsletter, she sends out awesome recs all about food, travel, eating, drinking, great stuff. Um, so I recommend that. And that's a fun person to follow on Instagram or TikTok. Um, and yeah, thank you. That's very helpful. And I always like asking this final question to my guest on the podcast. Can you leave our listeners with one healthy tip they can consider maybe adding into their life this new year? Take 15 minutes to cook and 15 minutes to sit down and enjoy your meal. Oh, doesn't require a lot, but the difference I think of eating your meal on the go or, uh, not pausing for a little bit, you know, if even a few nights a week, you can sit down and really enjoy a meal with intention without being in front of the TV or eating it at your computer. I think it's a, a, a good moment for a healthy tip. I, I try and do that. And 
I think it's a great, a great practice. I love that, Ashley. Thank you for that reminder. I think that's helpful for everyone. Yeah, of course. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. I look forward to hearing uh, about the the experience some of you listeners have when you order the kitchery and some of the other delicious meals from In Good Company this month. Get them all you can because it is limited and they go fast. And it was a pleasure to have you on, Ashley. And anytime you want to come back and talk about food and sustainability, I'd love to have you. Thank you so much. This has been great. And thanks for having me. And thanks for helping to spread healthfulness and wellness and intention and high vibration living to everyone. Oh, thank you. Well, I think, I think, you know, it starts with food and food's our foundation and then we can do anything else from there. So cheers to that and some good living in 2023. Absolutely. Cheers. In Good Company has offered a special code for listeners. Use code STARSEEDKITCHEN, all caps, for 15% off your entire order. Get amazing dinner at home by the best restaurants and chefs, including me. This January, February, and March, you can order Starseed Kitchen Kitchery and enjoy it at home if you're in the Southern California area. Take advantage of this limited drop within Good Company. Order online and simply heat, garnish, and enjoy. Shop all the dishes at Eat Good Company at their website, eatigc.com. That's eatigc.com. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.